How you guys doing? Good. NBA Finals. Who cares? <laughs> it's just a game where people make absurdly amounts of money, absurd amounts of money. So I'm excited to be here tonight. Why don't you guys come a little closer? Can you do that? Some of you guys on the fringes, in the back. Oh, I'm talking to you. Oh, I got one. Thanks, man. So I was in Vacaville last night at a church called The Mission, The Mission Vacaville. And we saw some cool healings. We saw a woman, uh, actually, she said, when I just said the word constriction, that her back just went, she had a bunch of pain in her back, and all of a sudden she felt all of her vertebrae just like a chiropractor, like she just went there. And the Holy Spirit's a good chiropractor. And she's just like, yes. Boom. And a woman's shoulders from an injury was totally healed, instantly healed all the pain left. And then we had a, a woman that was really struggling with depression. And actually that day had like an anxiety attack. And she's like, I need to go tonight. And so she came last night. And I started to talk a little bit about how, you know, orphans will always look at things like I need something, I don't have enough. And John 1.16 says we've been given the fullness of God, so I'm not sure how much more you need. Than that. So it's not that I need something more from God. I just need to become aware of what I've already been given. And so people will be like, can you pray that God will give me peace? This is how I always respond. That's really dumb. <laughs> the kingdom of God is righteous peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? So peace and joy are in the Holy Spirit. He's in you. You're in him. The subatomic world, the quantum world, location ceases to exist. It's called non-locality. Everything's connected. There's no distance and there's no separation. Then you have quantum entanglement. We have particles, no matter how far they are distance-wise, they literally entangle together. And once that happens, they're able to, to move faster than the speed of light. Now, you're one with Christ, right? There's no distance, no separation. Those are illusions, by the way. It's also called dualism. It's a Greek mindset that's very entrenched in the church, dualism. There's us down here, and then there's heaven out there, far away. And when we die, there'll be a bridge, and then we'll walk over to heaven. It's going to be great. But you already died. You died with Christ, right? So you can't die? You're woven with Christ. One of his names is eternal one. So you are eternal. You cannot die. Your body will waste away, but your soul and your spirit are eternal. They will continue on, and you'll get a new body. The point of all this is we don't need to be asking for things that we already have. We need to be asking for awareness, increased awareness. Remember the story? It's Mark, uh, I don't know, Mark 8, 10, somewhere around there. They feed the 4,000. There's miracle, bread, fish, everything's multiplying. And then the disciples are hanging with Jesus, getting in the boat, and they're like, we forgot a loaf of bread. We're going to die. <laughs> How does Jesus respond to these guys? Do you remember this story? 
He's like, oh, that's, that's a really interesting perspective. He goes, when are you guys going to understand and perceive? When are you going to perceive and understand? We need people who are one with Christ who understand what's actually going on. If you are relying on the Western media or any media for, to tell you what's going on, are you aware that all Western media, all media of all forms, is filtered through one of four conglomerates, two of which are in Germany? So yeah, you're not getting all the information, right? So if we're relying on regurgitation from someone else that's been highly filtered and highly biased, how about we scale up a little bit and actually perceive what's going on? Now, if we're going to do that, we have to break out of a box. Quite a few boxes, right? Space-time is a box. First Chronicles chapter 12, David is making like a who's who list of like crazy people. And one of the people is the sons of Issachar. And it says, the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. Plural, times, plural. Hindsight, insight, foresight, or eternal intelligence. They didn't have what we have. They had less access than we have. They did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit, yet they understood the times. What are we supposed to do? We know. Israel comes, what should we do? Oh, we know. We know exactly what you should do. And now we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, way more access, and believers are like, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> yes? Partly this is due because the wrong leaven is influencing the mind. Jesus talks about three leavens. In your news feed, I'm sure there's maybe one or two articles about the election going on. Just maybe one or two. How do you react to those articles? Is there emotional triggers that start to go off? That tells you how much the leaven of Herod is ex ex influencing your mind. It's a, it's a spirit, political spirit, leaven of Herod. Or some of the things I'm saying tonight, you might be getting triggered. Maybe it's the leaven of the Pharisee that's influencing your mind. The religious spirit who likes everything neat, tidy, controllable, manageable. <laughs> Jesus is like, but there's another leaven. It's the leaven of the kingdom of God. That is the leaven that should be influencing our mind. So when people are going crazy about election, I understand what's going on. I am not phased by people's craziness. <laughs> this is about functioning at a level of discernment that you've been created to function in. Because you are a multi-dimensional creation, new creation. You're new. 
something the earth has not beheld before. You're the only part of creation that is new. Yep, yep, yep. You guys all right? Yeah. Oh, you better be. <laughs> so Eric mentioned the story in Chronicles, Second Chronicles, where the minstrels were. I always picture these minstrels going before the army. It's uh, Monty Python. <laughs> but I just want to sing, Father. Like I imagine those people like in the front. <laughs> but there's a... A lot of different words of praise are used in that passage, and one of the words is halal. This is a fun one. Halal means to rave. You ever been to a rave? What happens at a rave? And people just, hey, how you doing? You doing good? They're going crazy, right, at a rave? The other thing that it means is to act clamorously foolish. What scholars tell us is when David had 24-hour worship going on, whenever it entered into halal praise, if an army was coming to take them on, if they heard that form of praise, they would turn around. Because why? They knew they would not win. Well, in the New Testament, James says, hey, your praise actually causes fear in the enemy, causes him to tremble. He's not intimidated by intellectual praise, by the way. I will read the words on the screen. We are now going to the chorus. Hands up, boop, ba, beep, ba, boop, ba, beep. I am a robot. <laughs> Your spirit, that's who you are, first person. Your spirit that happens to have a body and a soul, not a body that has a soul and a spirit. Your body's a physical expression of your invisible existence. Did you catch that? Your body's a physical expression of your invisible existence. I've mentioned this here before, but when the egg and the sperm come together, opened up a gate, your spirit man drops in, your soul and your body begin to dial in to the signature of the earth, the time sequence, the time marker, which is our sun, and then you begin to connect energetically, genetically, and holographically, because all of this is a digital projection, by the way, of a deeper reality, the unseen, which is what formed the scene. Everything God does starts in the spirit, and then it unfolds and furls into the physical. Everything is comprised of atoms, right? Yet, an atom is primarily empty space. So, what is this exactly? I'm sorry. I'm messing with a lot of you. You're looking at me like, am I saved? Is Jesus real? <laughs> you are saved. Jesus is real. The spiritual realms are much more real than this. This is why we don't pray for heaven to come down to earth. We say we will bring it down to earth because you are there and you're here, you're here and you're there. So when Jesus sits on your throne because water comes out of your belly, which means there's a throne on your belly, because whenever you see a river 
in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's flowing from the throne of God, right? So if there's a river coming out of you, there must be a throne on your belly. It's the throne of your life. You know, Paul never says, confess Jesus as Savior. I mean, he is our Savior, but he always says, confess Jesus as Lord. You are to come under his lordship. You are to submit to his lordship so he can sit on the throne of your life so that you can reign on the throne next to him. And then all of a sudden, heaven and earth are just, it's like Jacob's ladder. Boom, 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 boom. Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm reigning with him. We're just bringing heaven down. So then we understand what's actually going on. We're perceiving. Why? Because you're living in first person. So when you're getting formed in your mother's womb, which you're not from, by the way, you just passed through it. You were in Christ before creation. Paul says to the Ephesian church, you were in Christ before creation. So in the beginning is not the beginning. There's a before in the beginning. Jesus was slain before creation. Everything God does starts in the spirit. So he did that with Jesus. The cross was not plan B, it was plan A. Always. God wasn't like, oh, I've got to react to the situation in the garden. Plan B, Jesus, you're not going to like this. But uh, we have to go to plan B. Adam and Eve were just really dumb. So, <laughs> Jesus is like, <sighs> no. So 2,000 years ago was just a physical manifestation what had already taken place in the spirit. So when you connect energetically and genetically here, you have emotional memory in your DNA that's passed on. Your DNA existed before the flood, so there's a lot going on in your DNA. And it begins to pass into you. And you dial into all this stuff here. And then you grow up into a world with your family template, whatever that looks like. It begins to shape your personality. Now, a lot of people, I'm not against personality tests, but I am against people locking themselves into a personality test to believe this is really who they are. Well, I'm just melancholy. Really? God didn't make Eeyore, so there are no Eeyores in heaven, just, well, I don't know. So, I don't know if I can believe that. <laughs> Skepticism and pessimism are just fruits of unhealed disappointment. That's what that is. That's why hope is so powerful. It's what leads us to faith. It's that expectancy that leads us to certainty so then the kingdom can manifest. So when hope is deferred, it makes the heart sick. All the issues of life flow from the heart so everything's off kilter, it's in dissonance, and the kingdom can't really flow. We're about to enter into Father's Day, right? Most endangered species on the planet is a healed father. we could just get 
some more fathers and mothers healed. This is what I love about what you're doing here. You have a passion to see people actually get set free. Hearts healed. Then you can actually see, right? It's how you see. It's your heart. Eyes of your heart. Ephesians 1.18. That your eyes will be flooded with light, uncreated light. So that you can understand what? What's the first thing you're supposed to understand? The hope of your calling. Hope. It's the first thing. What's the first place of revelation the light is shining on? Hope. Hope, hope, hope. So we'll function with hoping skills in life or coping skills in life? Where we're suppressing. You know how much energy your body has to exert to suppress emotions? Chronic fatigue, it's called. That's chronic fatigue. When your body's used so much energy to suppress emotions, it is shutting down. We can't afford to lose the awareness of hope. You don't lose hope, right? It just floats away. <laughs> it's just, I've lost awareness. I've set my attention on offenses and disappointment, and I've began to spiral downward. You know, it's much harder to go down a spiral staircase than it is to walk up. You know this? You ever been in a spiral staircase? Going down, it's like, oh my gosh, what if I slip? Going up, you're just like, la-da-dee-dee-dee. <laughs> it takes much more effort to spiral downwards. So I had no plan on talking about this. So this is for somebody in here. This is why I'm staying here for a moment. Someone needs to hear this. Hope is one of the most valuable things you can cling to. Everything around your life is trying to steal hope. Just watch the news. Night. I'm going to go kill myself. See you in the morning. That's <laughs> why so Jesus is like, hey, do not be consumed with the cares and affairs of a world that you're not from. Do not be consumed by the cares and affairs of this world. You're not from it. You're born again of revelation, not location. You're a child of light. You're a child of revelation, which means we should be understanding and perceiving some things if we're a child of light. Yep. God's going to do some cool stuff tonight. I'm okay just staring at you, by the way. I'm totally fine with that. It's not awkward for me at all. <laughs> Maybe for you, but that's all right. I always love doing that because people are like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Do I look at him? Do I pray? <laughs> I do want to share a couple of things, and then I 
do believe I have some specific things for a few people, and then we're just going to see what God wants to do. Is that cool with you guys? Awesome. Well, I've been doing with my wife university ministry for 19 years. So we've been on those institutions where the mantra is knowledge is power. NBC, the more you know. Remember these little clips in between shows? You know if you have coffee and you drink it in your cup and you put a little sleeve on it, it won't burn. The more you know. It's like, thanks. That, that's really good. Knowledge is not power. Fearlessness is power. Who cares what you know if you don't do anything with it? Well, I know all this stuff. Are you going to jump off that cliff or are you going to sit here and talk all day? Do you believe what you're talking about or not? Then jump. (laughs) See, you were born from love. You actually arrived here without fear. Fear is learned. All fear is learned. All fear is learned. You were literally made from love. The Father is love, right? He's like, I'm going to make someone from me. So I'm going to make someone from love. And I'm going to put you on earth, and I'd like you to do what I kind of do here. What that means is you need to be motivated by love. Everything you do has to flow from the place of love. If you follow the love of the Father, there will always be miracles, signs, and wonders. If you follow miracles, signs, and wonders, there will not always be love. Oh, they're gifted. Okay, cool. Like once the gifts turn on, they're just on. Okay, great. It's like, wow, the light is on. Yeah, it was turned on. So there it is. The lights are on. But then when you see someone who actually has the fruits of the Holy Spirit, ah, now that. I like that. Gifts are great. Fruits are way better. When they go in, where there's synergy between the two, it's a good day. But you're made from the very place of love. All of creation responds to love. The template of creation is the circle of love because love is circular. The Father gives the love. We receive the love. We give it back. Worship, testimonies. We're just giving it back, and it's a circular flow. Whenever any part of creation decides we're going to come out of the circle of love, it dies. So we live by the ocean. Hallelujah. The oceans give their waters to the clouds. The clouds give their waters to the land. There's lakes, rivers, streams that are formed. It waters the animals and the plants and water for us, right? And then just all basically goes back to the ocean. It's a circle of love. But what happens if a body of water chooses not to give anything away? Hello, Dead Sea. The Dead Sea takes water from the Jordan River, but it does not give it away. 
Thus, it is the Dead Sea. Nothing lives in it. Why? It's going against the design of creation. It's broken out of the circle of love. Now, you're primarily a body of water, right? Okay. So if you're like, well, I'm not giving to anybody. It's about my water. This is my body of water over here. So I don't know what you're doing, but I'm keeping my water walled up. I can tell you what happens. Scripture tells us. 1 John 3.14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who doesn't love remains in death. I want to read that again. We know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love each other. Anyone who doesn't love remains in death. Death is not the ceasing of existence. It is a government. Governments govern your mindsets and emotions. Jesus broke the power of death. Death was like a time lock within the timeline, and he breaks that out of there because now you no longer die. You are eternal. And he breaks the power of death over your life, which is that government. And sin he also broke the power of, which is also a government. So what a lot of Christians do, like, oh, Jesus is really great. I'm going to keep living under sin and death over here, though. It's a thing called the law. And I'm just going to keep following that. Boop, 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 boop. And it's like, I don't know why I'm really depressed, suppressed, constricted, and restricted all the time. Just like, oh, well, why don't you come over here, what Jesus paid for. It's called the finished work of Christ. And those governments died. You can come under his, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So actually, your mindsets and your emotions can be governed by peace and joy all the time. And righteousness, right standing with God. How do you feel, righteous? How are you feeling? Peaceful. This is Jesus, right? Sleeping on a boat. On a boat where water would have been coming on him. It's the type of boats they were using. It wasn't like a luxury liner. That's like really deep sleep, by the way. Like dust falls on our table in the room. But it's like, what was that? I heard dust. I'm a light sleeper. Like last night, we're in a, we're in a full-size bed at my in-law's house. Full-size. I'm not really made for a full-size bed. So Seth and I are laying there, you know, quarter of an inch away from each other. And our daughter, who's 10, almost as tall as Cecily, is like, I can't sleep. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? She gets into the bed. So I'm like, oh, okay, now we're to an eighth of an inch. Nope, no, no space. We're in the subatomic world now. Location ceases to exist. I'm butt up against the wall. So I wake up, middle of the night. My son is on the other side. He's kind of deep sleeping on the borderline of snoring. So it's like, like that. A1 is like a little notch up. Cecily is just a whole different level. Just the sleep train is right next to me. 
So I was like, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Guess I'll pray. Guess I'll pray. <laughs> Loving leads to giving. Giving leads to living. You can't say you're a loving person and not give. It just flows like you just want to give. That's why the father's like, I'm just going to give my son. And Jesus is like, I'm going to give myself. It wasn't Jesus like going, you know, the father pushing him. It's like, okay. <laughs> I got the memo. Jesus is like, I will gladly give myself. The joy that was set before him, which was you, by the way. That was the joy set before him. He's like, I will gladly give myself for them. And then no greater love than he has than they, what? Give your life. So the father gives his son. The son gives himself, which allows us to give ourselves for others. Loving leads to giving. Giving leads to living. No, let's talk about carbon dioxide. So, <laughs> that's pretty cool. What is this over here? Clouds and stuff? Anyone know what that, that is? Like a puppet show or something? It's kind of cool. Almost looks like a suppository or something up on the wall. You know? Don't get religious, okay? <laughs> Jesus is laughing right now at what I just said. <laughs> so when you exhale, you, you release carbon dioxide, right? And the plants are like, yay, we like carbon dioxide. And they're like, here's oxygen, woo. <laughs> and they're like, woo. And they're like, they just give it like a circle of right? Now what if you're like, oh, I'm just keeping this for myself. I'm not sharing my carbon dioxide. You're going to die. Okay? Or what if you're like, all right, well, I'm just not going to share it. I'm going to put this bag over my head. It's clear so I can see you guys. And my eyes roll back. You're going to die. The very thing that brings life to other things becomes the poison that kills you because you're unwilling to give it. Everything gives in creation. It's the design. The sun freely gives its energy. The plants take it in. They begin to form this chemical energy, and there's metabolic circles, circular. And they form nuts and fruits and vegetables, and we eat it. I'm sorry, it's the Calvin-Benson cycle. Calvin-Benson cycle, which is circular. And you've got metabolic circles when we begin to digest all these good stuff the plants and trees give us. And it goes back to the land, right? Fertilizer, more stuff grows. Circle of love. Everything responds to the Father's love. You're walking around as a body of water. Holy Spirit's hovering over you. The Father's singing over you. It's the same thing as creation. The Holy Spirit's hovering over the waters. The Father sings over creation. 
let there be light, you're literally the crown jewel of creation is you. You're the greatest idea God ever had. Well, I'm just little old me, you know, I just, you know, just. Confidence to a religious person is arrogance. Did Jesus ever walk around like, who are you? Well, you know, I just. So, what was that? Well, who are you? I'm the son of God. He was very clear who he was and who his father was. And it infuriated the religious. Who do you think you are? I'm the son of God, I said. <laughs> G-O-D, the letters you don't use or say in public. I am saying them. This goes back to us living as a spirit man first. You're confident in who you are in Christ. This is the last thing I want to hit on. I want to talk about three places of relationship we have with God. So I was recently talking to a couple of pastors, and it was really fascinating to me, the conversation, because it was confirming some things I was sensing. And so the guys, both guys, different times, are like, you know, we were really seeing miracle signs and wonders in our church, but then we shifted the message all about sonship. And even one of the pastors says, we rarely talk about Jesus. It's all about the Father. I'm like, okay, that's cool. He goes, but we don't see miracles anymore. I was like, huh. So once the Holy Spirit said, so what's going on there? He goes, well, they've made sonship an idol. I love sonship. It, it all starts there, right? Oh, I have a father that's good. He's not angry. He was reconciling everything back to himself through his son. He's, he's paved a way back to him. But then there's other places of relationship with God that if we neglect, there's some issues. So as I begin to understand more and more about sonship, and I don't feel like we ever fully understand, we're always going to be growing in our understanding. But another place of understanding a relationship with God is Paul called himself a bondservant of Jesus. Well, that's not popular because it literally means slave. Jesus and I are just, we're buddies and just, you know, we're over here and, Jesus is like, yeah, you're also a slave to me. We used to be a slave to sin. Might as well be a slave to something. You're also a slave to righteousness. Kind of hard not to be righteous when you're a slave to it. <laughs> but this understanding relationship with Jesus, it's that lordship issue where I come under his authority there are moments with Jesus, he's like, hey, you're going to do this. And that's what you're going to do. <laughs> but, 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 you know what comes out of buts? 
So, anytime you hear but in a sentence, what's going to follow is, is that. <laughs> but there's these moments with Jesus. You see it with the disciples. This is what you're going to do, guys. I'm not asking you to do it. But then it's like, oh, I have this joy and this pleasure to do this. It's not like pulling your ear. It's like, I have the privilege and honor of doing this. It's a great understanding and relationship with him. And then it begins to transition to the bride of Christ. What does that even mean? Right? You've probably heard this if you've been in church any time at all, like, we're the bride of Christ. What does that mean? Am I wearing a wedding dress? Are we twirling on a dance floor? What is going on? I believe it's this place of relationship with Jesus where we really begin to understand the intimacy and power of love for one another. I believe it's out of those three places of relationship, I believe it's the least known. So there's a story in Revelation 22. I was reading this a while back, and a light went on. Holy Spirit was like, hey. I was like, I read this 50 trillion times. How did I never see this? So in Revelation 22, this is, everything's done. New heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem. And the gates are open to the new heavens. In Revelation 22, 17, it gets done. The few verses before that, it's listing the vilest of the vile. There's manipulators and predators and murderers. And they're outside the gates. And it says in verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Every worship song I've heard with that verse, it's about us saying with the Holy Spirit, come Jesus to us. It has nothing to do with that. Zero. The context is to the people outside the gates. Come. It says to all who are thirsty. Come. To all who can hear. Come. The spirit and the bride in unison. There's such love for these people that are the vilest of the vile. Come. If you can hear, come. Has the grace of God offended you yet? <laughs> so I want you to picture this scene, Revelation 22. And let's say a predator hears the message of come. And he's done crazy stuff his whole life. And he's like, I want Jesus. And Jesus takes him in and says, hey, this is cool. And he walks past you and he puts them in a higher seat of authority than you. That's called grace. Didn't Jesus say the last shall be first? <laughs> I don't like that. See, our understanding of grace, sometimes we can think it's what we've done, which has caused the grace to flow. That's not how grace works. 
It's just freely given. And Jesus loves to do this type of thing to prove that it's all about him. It was his finished work that establishes for all of us grace. So we've got to understand this because it allows us to love others and not put them in boxes and categories and label them, which is actually satanic, by the way. You know this? Categorizing people is satanic. The root of the word category means accusation. I only know one accuser. Who is Satan? The accuser of the brethren. So whenever I categorize a person, I'm putting up a wall that says, I will have no influence in your life. So when the church does that to a people group, they're like, I don't know why we're not reaching these people. I'm just not sure what it is. We're using flyers and ads. And <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> if you take them outside of the box you put them in, and actually let love begin to flow, you'll actually see influence increase. So we've got to learn to love. I'm continuing to learn how to do this. God, open up my capacity to love people. Something I try to pray wherever I speak is, God, how do you love them? What are you thinking about your kids tonight? Let me see what you're seeing. Let me feel what you're feeling. Because then I know what's going to happen. Stuff. Stuff's going to happen. Why? Because the motivation is love. So that's when stuff happens. If there's not love, stuff doesn't happen. And Jesus wants stuff to happen. He paid way too high of a price for stuff not to happen. It's not about performance. It's just... Being a child, I'm loved. Oh, he's giving it? Oh, I'll give it away. Oh, there's more. It's not like the supply runs out, right? Father, could you turn on the faucet again? It's been off for a few weeks. It's a continual flow. The more you give it out, the more it increases. All right. Good? Makes sense? Like, I'm still looking at the holographic world. I, I, I lost you there. I floated off into the holograph. Your name, you were doing worship tonight. What's your name? What was it? Eden. Eden. How fitting. <laughs> um, I don't want to embarrass you, but would you mind coming up? Yeah? I'm not going to embarrass you, but I feel like the Lord wants to do something really specific. You need to stand right here, okay? So we're just going to pray for her. And the reason I'm having her stand right here, and what I'm about to say, I'm not saying something to be like, oh, wow, I'm really separate from you and really seeing stuff. We can all see. Blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. Good news is you're pure. You've been made pure, holy, and blameless. So you can see God, and you can see what's going on. So there's an angel right here being assigned to you. There's been a change of season for you. And when that happens, sometimes there's a change of an angel. There's angels that are assigned to us. You see this throughout Scripture. They protect us. They commission. They, they do lots of cool stuff. And there's an angel being assigned to you. He's behind you. And if you don't see it, there's no shame. Like, 
It's okay. We're all growing in this. It's okay. All right. And if you see it, that's cool. Do you, you all right? <laughs> do, you, do you feel anything? Yeah? What do you feel? I feel a pressure in the middle of my back. <clears throat> Good pressure? Yeah, like a hand in support. Indeed. So would you mind just putting some, extending some hands to her? Eden. Eden. So yeah, we just bless the new season that God's bringing you into. There's a transition of one angel and a new angel coming. I thank you, Father, for angels. There's over 300 recorded angelic encounters in the Bible. So they're pretty important to God. Jesus' birth is surrounded by angelic encounters. So we don't worship them, but it's silly to ignore them as well. So we just thank you, God. So I just see the Lord bringing this angel to you for a couple specific reasons in this season. So actually, would you mind coming up? Yeah? You, I'm sure you know each other, right? Yeah. Yes? So would you just put a hand on her? I want you to pray. I felt like the Lord wanted you to pray. Yeah. Okay? So I'm just going to declare some stuff, but you just, you do what you do. So I thank you, Father, for Eden, and I just declare right now, strategizer, strategizer, your strategizer. That was God, that's what God is bringing you into. Is a, you're a strategizer. I see you connecting dots with people. I see you connecting things and things that would normally not go together. But there's a strategy God's bringing to you. There's a favor for this. Like, I don't know if business stuff has been on your radar, but I really feel like a door of business is going to open up. Don't know how soon that is, but it's tied to the strategic stuff. There's strategy. And I believe the Lord is going to start downloading just supernaturally some ideas how to do this stuff. And that's what this angel's here to help you do. He's here to help you accomplish the calling of why you're here on this earth. We all have an assignment, and angels help us to accomplish God's purposes and his design for our lives. So I just bless you. I just declare that you just begin to have more and more dreams and visions over your life. You begin to see more and more heightened awareness of what God's doing in and around your life. And it's a greater capacity to love others. That would increase like the, almost like seeing a plumb line, just the water increasing up, 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 up. So we just thank you, Father, for your precious daughter. Thank you, Lord. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Is anyone freaked out? It's okay. Like if you wave a hand, it's totally fine. You know, I just mentioned the angelic encounters to help you know this is all throughout Scripture. This is not craziness. Anka, right? Was that your name? Yeah. Would you come up? Cecily, I wanted you to pray with her. So I had this word for you earlier, but the Lord had more. So we were praying earlier, and I, I heard the Lord say over her, womanite, like dynamite, but womanite. <laughs> and so um, you are going, I see you in stadiums. 
I see you in stadiums. And so can you put a hand on her belly? So I see you in stadiums. The Lord's going to start birthing some stuff in you right now. And there's stuff growing inside of you. I see you traveling the world. I see you standing on stages. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of people in some of these uh, arenas. Uh, I even see the Middle East. I see the Middle East. I see Latin America. So I just bless what God is doing inside of you. You have been faithful. You have stewarded well. And the Father is just lavishing on you. I, just, I see him just like, I am giving you the best of the best. And he's going to open doors for you where you're going to say, how in the world am I standing on this stage? What in the world am I doing here? And the only thing you'll be able to say is the favor of God. The favor of God opened up the doors. And you're going to be this small little person, it seems like, in a natural standing on the stage. But you will be standing as a giant. And what the Lord has done in a season of past, it hasn't been your present season, but in the past he's been smoothing. I see like a stone, like with rough edges, and he's been smoothing it. So there's been healing and freedom coming to you. There's been some wholeness, but it's been uh, being established inside of you. And that's what's happening. He's smoothing these stones that's actually creating you a space to be a giant killer because it's like David with the five smooth stones where he takes those things, takes Goliath out, is he's taking the very thing that caused pain and the feeling of separation, and he's using it to become a giant killer. That's who you are. That's your persona. That's who you are in heaven. That's who you're known as in heaven. The giant killer. So I just thank you, Lord, that you are going to open up some really amazing doors. Does that make sense to you? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Okay. <laughs> I always got to ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. How are you doing? What's your name? Black shirt? Nicole? You doing good tonight? Yeah? Um, is, is it okay if I share some things that I'm just sensing God say over you? Is this normal for you or? No. No? Okay. Are you okay if I share some stuff? Yeah? So basically, what, I'm just hearing stuff from God, and it could be a word of knowledge, which is like a fact based in the past. Or if you've been here when Eric was probably teaching on prophecy, you know, it's just history in advance, sharing some things that are going to happen. And so I really feel, I see a writing gift on you. Do you like to write? So there's something really creative on you for writing. I don't know if you have a blog. Do you have a blog? You need to start a blog. And so you need to talk to some people that can help... Uh, monetize some of this stuff because it's going to start really getting out there and there's some ideas that God's putting inside of you that's already been kind of stirring and I feel like there's a way that you think that's a little different but not bad people say I'm crazy all the time I'm not saying that about you but there's something the way you there's a way you put words together that's really has a unique factor to it and it's like God's saying people need to hear this they need to read this and there's something that God's going to start doing. There's something that's going to happen here. Is, do you come here? Just started coming here. I rarely give directional stuff. I feel this so strongly. You need to be here. Like this, there's something here that you're going to, there's some place of breakthrough you're going to experience here. And it's like you could go to a lot of places and it would be good. But there's something unique here that you need. 
that God's going to do. It's just going to burst something up. And it's actually going to unlock some of the stuff I'm talking about right now. So we've done a little bit of word of knowledge, right? The writing you like to write. Now we're going into history in advance, the prophetic side. So we're helping you to see that there's all this stuff is going to start to unfold from the place of breakthrough. And it's actually going to release as people re read your stuff. It's going to carry breakthrough in the actual text as they're reading it. Like, oh, there's a story. There's this, this is the way you crafted the sentence or the paragraph. Just like, and I see people weeping. They're reading it on a computer screen, and they're just weeping. The breakthrough that's going to come as a result of the breakthrough that came to you. Does that make sense to you? Yeah? Okay. Was that good? All right. Was that your first time having something like that? Awesome. In this weird way. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Very cool. All right. Why don't you guys stand? Do, do, do. We okay on time? Just do one last thing together. Uh, bulging disc. Anyone have a bulging disc in your back? This is not a word of knowledge, by the way. We had it happen last night, so I'm just, I try to, whenever God does something in one meeting, take it into the next just to see if there's another place of breakthrough for that. So no bulging discs, that's good. <laughs> we don't need that. Okay, the last thing I want to mention is this. I really feel like the Lord wants to bring specifically some freedom in the area of depression. Depression. Like I, when we were in worship, I, I just felt at certain points, it wasn't because of the worship, but it was just <laughs> sensing what was going on in the room. That it was almost just like a cloud around a person where it's like, it's almost like you can't even think straight. It's just like, almost like even logic has been shut down a little bit. Like there's so much stress. And that's what stress does to your body. It shuts down logic, shuts down your immune system so you get sick easier. All this crazy stuff starts to happen. But I saw this cloud around people where they, you couldn't think straight. And it was just like there was a lot of confusion. And I feel like for one person in particular, even confusion surrounding God, just like, is this real? Is this, not even just like tonight, just like in general, like, is this real? And so this is, this is what I like to do. I, I don't like to close our heads and bow our eyes. Okay, like, this is nothing to be ashamed of. Like, we've all been working through stuff. I continue to work through stuff. And there's little giblets here and there that I have to work on and see those giblets come out and get some more wholeness and freedom in my life. And so we're all in a place of great process with God, growing up into the head, which is Jesus. And so I want you to do something. I'm going to ask you to be really bold, okay? And I want to tell a story. This is not what I'm telling you to do, but I believe the Lord's going to speak to maybe one or two of you about this. So we were in Pueblo, Colorado, years ago at this church. And I get done speaking. There's a bunch of people around, kind of, you know, an environment like this. And I see this woman, and she's just, like, decked out. I mean, like, 
amazing dress, super high heels. It's just like, you know, super proper, you know, looking. And God says, hey, I want you to go tell her to just start dancing. I'm like, really? All right. So I go over there. I said, hey. So, and right as I'm about to say, God says, because she's going to get set free from depression if she does this. And I said, okay. I said, well, I think the Lord wants you to, to dance. And she's just looking at me like horrified. Like, what? Like, right now? And I was like, yeah. Like, no music's going. I'm just like, it's like wrapping up. And I said, well, I believe he's going to set you free from depression as you dance before him. And then she starts to cry. She's like, I've been struggling with depression for a long time. I said, well, you just do what you want to do. I just delivered the message. I don't know. I don't, can't really help you dance. But if you want to do it, you don't have to do it. But there you go. So I'm packing my stuff up. Seth and I are hanging out there. And I see this woman kind of starting to do this. You know, she's kind of looking around. And then it kind of like went a little more. And then I was packing some stuff. And I look over, and she's just full on dancing. Like, didn't look great. This was not <laughs> dancing with the stars, OK? <laughs> this was a white woman in high heels dancing. No rhythm whatsoever, but it was real. So she's doing this, takes off her shoes, and it's just, uh, she's going for it. And she's just weeping. And then at some point, she just goes up onto the ground, just starts laughing hysterically. And then she messaged us a little while after. She goes, I don't know if you remember me. You asked me to dance, or God asked me to dance. And says, I was delivered from depression that day. I never struggled with it ever again. So <laughs> you're like, no, I don't want this. So, here's what I want you to do. Here's the bold part I want you to do. Sometimes we have to do a physical act of obedience to see spiritual breakthrough in our life. Just sometimes we have to do something. And so if you're in this area and you're like, you know what, I am struggling with this. No shame. Welcome to life. We've all been there. I just want you to stand in the center aisle or come up front and stand. That's the bold part I want you to do. And we're going to pray. There's been a cloud around you. You've been confused. Can't even think straight. There's been a weightiness, a heaviness. Awesome. Thank you for your boldness. Always takes one to begin. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. This is awesome. You guys are awesome. Proud of you guys. This is cool. Because things are about to change. Why don't you guys just all come up front? You guys in the center? Yeah, just come up front. You guys can stay here. That's cool. Yeah, come on up. Awesome. I don't know if you, you guys probably have like a prayer team too. If some of those guys want to come up, you know, stand next to someone, that's totally cool. Awesome. Jed, you in here? There you are. You want to come up?
any of your crew wants to come up too, that's fine. Play a little something. Now, those of you that are standing here, I just want you to focus on Jesus, whatever helps you do that. Close your eyes. If that helps me, close my eyes. You don't have to do that, but... And I just want you to put a hand on your heart and a hand on your head. I just want you to speak this out loud. Holy Spirit, help me become aware of the peace and joy I have in you right now. Now I just want you to receive. You don't have to work something up. You just receive it. Peace and joy, peace and joy, peace and joy, peace and joy. And I just declare clarity over your minds. The word of God says we are not given a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. I declare sound mind over every one of you right now. Clear thinking, clarity. I speak clarity. And that every cloud begin to be blown away by the fierce love of God. The winds of the love of the Father begin to blow those clouds away. Anxiety, worry, stress, every fear being driven out by the perfect love of the Father. You are loved. You are accepted. You are good enough. You are good enough. So I declare the spirit of depression will be broken, bound right now, bound around your life right now. Jesus gave us the keys of the kingdom to bind on earth and to loose. So I loose heaven over your mind right now. I loose heaven over your minds right now. The thoughts of God. Jesus is the Father's mind made up. His mind is made up. In the word of God, Jesus, the Logos. The Father's language is Jesus. So I pray you begin to hear the language of the Father over your life. The words that he's speaking over your life right now. Every word that has come around you that has been lie. All those voices, silent. Be silent. And I declare an opening and an awareness of what the Father is saying over you. He's always speaking over us. He's always singing over us. And for those of you in the seats, one last thing, just raise your hands real quick like you're going to receive a gift from God. And I want you to pray the same thing. Holy Spirit, increase my awareness of all that you've given me. And now ask him, Holy Spirit, what is all you have given me? So we're going to keep praying down here. You can do what you're going to do back there. If you need healing in your body, 
there'll be people around you if you want to receive prayer for that. Just want to receive prayer. This is a space open for that to do that now. But I just want to bless you guys and bless what's happening here. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing down here to pray and see the kingdom of God come. So I just bless you guys.